EPV Cast by Shift, a podcast exploring solar energy and the role it plays in improving our lives and our planet. Here's your host, Chris Palliser. That's right. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Solar PV Cast. Today, I am joined by Tim Grandjean, Head of Project Development for Shift. Tim, thanks for joining the show today. Hey, Chris. Yeah, no, thanks for the invite. When talking about solar, you have to know about net metering. So break it down for us. Yeah, so net metering, I mean, it's how we're tying in um, renewable energy systems into the grid. Pretty much every utility in Canada has a net metering program or some form of net metering program. The big thing with net metering is it negates the need for, for energy storage or for batteries. It allows somebody to install renewable energy and reap all of the benefits of that energy that's generated without having to worry about the cost of deploying batteries to store that energy. Some people call it you know, your virtual battery in that any of the energy that you produce is either directly used by the building or if there's surplus, instead of charging a battery, you're charging back to the grid. And all of that energy that you're sending the grid, you're compensated on a on a one-for-one basis. So it doesn't matter um, when you produce energy versus when you consume it. You can generate tons of surplus during the summer months and generate or build up these credits that then um, help you offset Uh, not just the summer months, but also um, the winter months. Now, do you think BC Hydro, Nova Scotia Power, do you think that's something they will ever alter or it will always be there? I mean, we can't make any promises. It's one of those things that year over year as these programs gain more adopters, I truly believe that the program then gets a much um, more influential voice the more people that are on board with it. I think it would be... I mean, in this day and age, very backwards for us to look at losing that program because it's it's really it's the reason why you've been able to see such great adoption on renewable energy um, because you're negating the cost of batteries, which you know can easily double or triple the cost of a solar system. So it really helps with the affordability of of deploying this this tech. Now, you mentioned uh, you're compensated on a one-to-one basis with that power. That's not money. A lot of people still think like you can sell your power back to the grid for money. Is that still a thing? Like you've banked all your power in the summer, you've used it all in the winter, and you still have excess. What happens with that excess? Yeah, so that's a good question. When BC Hydro launched their net metering program, they had it set up so that if you ended up with an annual surplus at your anniversary date, you'd get paid out for the excess at a rate of 9.99 or 10 cents a kilowatt hour. What ended up happening was you'd have a handful of systems that were sized in such a way that they were generating so much surplus that it sort of defeated the purpose of net metering in that you know the intent of the program is really to allow people to generate on-site energy to cover their needs or a portion of their needs as opposed to literally becoming like a decentralized generator and like creating a revenue stream and so they kind of had tightened things up for a little bit you had to match your uh your annual production to meet your annual consumption now what they've done is the annual payout rate for surplus is about less than half of what it used to be 
So it's disincentivizing people from oversizing their systems and that the payout rate for that surplus is no longer really worth installing that extra capacity to generate that surplus. Gotcha. So that's why to use shift as an example in the design process, it's important to make sure you're sizing the system for the needs of that building and not anything bigger because if you make a bigger system, it costs a whole bunch more up front, but you're not getting a whole lot of payback on that extra power. That's right. Yeah. So for existing buildings, we're able to look at consumption history data or a copy of a a hydro bill. And then for new construction, quite often these days, you're seeing energy modeling done by a third party that gives us a projection of what the usage would be. And then we can design a system within the needs of the um, of the actual building that we're, we're designing. So net metering is really why here on the West Coast, anyways, on those long gray winters, it still works. Yes, your production goes down, but because of net metering, you've banked all that energy in the summer and you're now just using it to get through the winter. Correct. Yeah. And it's all a seamless process. So it just happens automatically. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's good to know. So I got my solar system. It's installed. It's set up. A lot of paperwork to do. How does that work? Yeah, so um, most solar contractors, I mean, definitely here at Shift, like we handle the all of the all of the application um, paperwork and approval process with the utility. You definitely have to get registered with the utility and approved as a net metering customer, so that they activate your meter to monitor both inflow and outflow. Yeah, from there, it all just happens automatically. Very cool. So basically, with net metering, there's no reason not to go solar. Essentially, that's exactly what it is. Think about all those people that don't get access to net metering. I mean, as opposed to 20 grand to go solar, they'd be looking at 40, 50, 60 grand. You know, when people ask, do we have an incentive here in BC? Net metering itself, having that access to that program, it's an incentive in itself. So there you have it, net metering. Now you know more. Tim Grangine, project developer from Shift. Thanks for joining the show, man. Thanks, Chris. The Solar PV Cast by Shift with Chris Palliser. To begin your solar journey, visit shift.ca.